Yo, 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 UCLA Radio, um, back out here. It's Tuesday, 5 o'clock, sports show. Um, this is DJ Sticks. You are listening to The Breakthrough Show, um, where I talk about mostly NBA issues uh, and the culture around the NBA, things on the court, things off the court. Uh, you know, we break down everything here. Uh, last week, we talked about Nipsey Hussle and just his effect on the NBA community and the effect he had on his, his community. Um, today we are blessed and fortunate to have a special guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself in a second here. Um, we also are fortunate to have the general manager of UCLA Radio on. Um, but I'm going to let our special guest introduce himself. DJ Sticks, this is uh, Mayor Zokai. What a segue from Nipsey to me, man. I feel honored. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. We, <laughs> we, we only do the biggest and the best things here, so you know how this goes. Um and we're gonna have uh, Faison come on here shortly, but um, j- just to get it started, I'm gonna have him talk a little bit about uh, what he does uh, in the NBA. He- he's an agent for a up and coming NBA player for the Knicks. Uh, so we're just gonna have him talk a little bit about that and then we'll get into the show. Appreciate it, uh, Isaiah. Thanks for having me uh, on your show. The show is called Breakthrough, right? Yes. Yeah. And then uh, you're a DJ, but you talk about NBA stuff. That's kind of that's cool to me. You played the music yourself too. Absolutely. Okay, I'm a hip hop head, so you know, I see a little bit of Arcade Fire there. I don't know what that was, but yeah, uh, that's guys, that's not uh, my choice. A previous show, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, previous, but yeah. So my, my name is Mayor Zokai, UCLA alum, of course. Uh, you know, went here, hip hop head, basketball guy, uh, and um, you know, appreciate you guys reaching out. Faison reached out to me on Twitter, uh, having me on. I'd love to come back to the campus, obviously, and, and uh, you know, chip in however I can to get kind of the youth mobilized and you know, <laughs> doing something a little bit differently. So. Uh, uh, than the normal kind of conventional career. So happy to share some wisdom. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just get into, um, um, okay, and we're going to have uh, Faison. Uh, no, okay. Okay, um, so I guess, okay. You got to hear them, yeah. Oh. Yeah, we we can hear you guys. It just cut out again. Okay. I can hear you still. We can hear you guys. Oh, you can hear us? Yeah. Okay. What up? This is Faison. We're running into some headphone stuff, but I think it'll work out. Um, okay. It's just cutting in and out a little bit, but For I'm sure. working on it. <laughs> well, while they figure that out, uh, I'm going to have our special guest uh, just talk about what, what he did here while, while he was here at UCLA. Oh, yeah. So I was a uh, sociology and poli-sci major. Uh, you know, basketball uh, was my life pretty much here. You know, I, tr- I tried to walk on. Uh, to the team, I wasn't good enough, uh, Isaiah. And then uh, I was like, you know, the next best thing would be to become a manager. But the men's basketball team at the time, they told me that I would have to try to be a manager for the women's team, for the girls' mm. team, uh, women's team. So I went uh, one day uh, to go see if I had what it took to be a uh, manager for the women's team. And after 12 minutes of running with them, uh, I started throwing up. And I thought, well, I'm pretty sure it was blood. And uh, <laughs> that's 12 minutes of playing basketball, you know, with women who – after that, I found a newfound respect, not only just for college athletes, but female college athletes. And, uh, but I always wanted to be a sports agent. I thought, however I could get my hands or my foot into the door of the USA basketball program, which is an iconic, legendary you know, program, uh, I would try my best to do that. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to. Just being around it here, I, I wrote for the Daily Bruin. Didn't have the opportunity to obviously work with the radio show, but uh, working in UCLA media kind of gave me a little bit taste of what goes on. Uh, with the UCLA athletic programs kind of from a different angle. 
Yeah, uh, that's so awesome. Uh, just a little, a little bit for me. My roommate's actually a manager on the men's team here. Oh man, okay. So I have like access to all that. I also work work with the women's team. I'm like a scout, a scout player. Oh, so, oh, yeah, see, that's that's what that was. A, it wasn't. I was trying to be a scout player. Basically, okay. like you're running with them in practice. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, bro. I couldn't hang those. for 12 minutes, bro. <laughs> you yeah, know, they, it's, it's intense. On, they do a know? lot. Oh, so, so you remember Corey Close. Was she here at that time? Or no, was so uh, Michelle Greco was here Michelle when I was Greco, here. Okay. And then uh, Coach Olivier, Kathy Olivier was here uh, on the women's side. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, <laughs> you you're basically are doing something I couldn't do for more than 12 minutes. You know, and I, and I thought I was in shape and I was an undergrad. Um, but, you know, those women go hard, man. They do. You know they do. They definitely yeah. don't get the credit they deserve. No, no. So, uh, but um, yeah. yeah. So um, just uh, talk a little bit about uh, you. You said you wrote for the Daily Bruin, also for the LA Times. So right, I guess. right. You know, my, my my father Isaiah is a journalist, so uh, it was it was innate, and I was already always around writing and such. And I thought, hey, I could write my ass off. Let me try to parlay sports and writing into something that could help me get to where I want to be. I did it. I didn't know I'd have a plan, but I said, hey, let's do that. So I started, you know, interning for the Daily Bruin. And then writing for them, and then eventually got my foot into the door, kind of interning with the Daily News, LA Daily News, and then eventually the LA Daily, Daily uh, LA Times, and uh, just made enough connections, got enough exposure to sports, you know, on the professional end and the collegiate side, that eventually I was able to parlay those uh, connections and those relationships and those networks into uh, my dream job. I really am living my dream as a basketball agent, NBA certified basketball agent, you know, representing guys that I that I. I would have paid. I was. I mean, until recently, I was paying to go see those guys play. Yeah. And now I get to go watch these games, and that's my guy on the court. Like, how yeah. sick is that? That's right? awesome. that's, yeah. that, that sounds like the dream to right, me. Right. So, yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so that's it's kind of you know. Obviously, there was a few more steps in between. You know, I went I went to law school and such, but uh, you know, it, it just kind of made me realize I had this vision, and eventually I got there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um. Yeah, so um, after you uh, finished writing uh, for the LA Times, um, what what was sort of the next step that you took in order to ch- chase your dream a, a, a little bit farther? So you know, after you know writing for the LA Times and being uh, at a couple of basketball games, I did meet a lot of crazy people, including a crazy Irish basketball fan, Q Britton. <laughs> <laughs> what up? What up? What's up? You know, you told me you got some impersonations, right? I mean, father, I've got some impersonations uh, for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was that an Irish Irish accent? That is an Irish lad, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm a Celtics fan. What can I say? Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> I sh- a Celtics fan from Chicago. I see. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you know, what was the question? I, I kind of just. I was just <laughs> sort of I, I, after the LA Times. Like, what was your next step? To okay, sort of so so um, I started in music representation. Okay. You know, um, there was an artist that was a friend of mine. That this is just luck. He got a major record deal overseas in Sweden, and he said, "I know you want to be a sports agent." And this is when I was in law school. Um, America, North America is a secondary market for me. It's very experimental. I'm making my money in Russia and Sweden. Would you like to represent me as my agent in North America? My record label doesn't care if you fuck up or not. We don't. We don't really care what happens in North America. It's just so secondary. It's as if like, let's say like Bieber is huge in America, and then they want to break into like, I don't know, Iceland. They don't really care about Iceland, so he might hire his boy, you know, to be like the agent for him in Iceland. So, yeah. I took that opportunity and I ran with it, and. Uh, that was when MySpace was like big. So people didn't realize you could use MySpace to promote for concerts. So he had a fan page on MySpace. I rented a venue in LA, you know, kind of this is up Britain's alley. 
I put tickets online, 25 bucks, and I promoted it through his, his MySpace page, which obviously had his fans. And in three weeks, I sold 1,600 tickets, sold wow. it out. For a guy that had never been here, but I was able to tap into you know, his, his niche, his, you know, his following. And then uh, he was like, whoa. He's like, you don't know shit about you know, music, and you don't know anything about promoting, but you just got that in you where I give you a task and you ran with it. And then lo and behold, two years later, there's a player coming from overseas who's a fan of my artist and reaches out to him on Facebook and says, hey, I'm looking for representation. There's wow. NBA interest in me. And guess wow. who's answering these Facebook you know, messages? It's fucking me. So I responded, yeah, I know a good agent. You know, this, this guy, you know, Mayor Zokai. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, has he done basketball before? And I was like, no, but he just can do anything. And then, you know, boom. So that dude, like, you know, emailed me the next week. And uh, the rest is history. I latched on with an agency that had experience. And then I'm an NBA agent, you know, uh, representing a guy on the Memphis Grizzlies. So, uh, boom. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's crazy, but that, that's how it happened. And then I realized sometimes you take opportunity of a door that's open, right? Like you guys are here with mm -hmm. UCLA Radio. Uh, you take opportunities of doors that are open, even if you're grinding and not making money, because you really never know what it could lead to. And then this might not even be what you guys want to do. Yeah. Ten years from now, none of you guys could be working in media. But in, in lieu of what you're doing, you might be meeting someone that could help you get to where you need to be. And I did music, and I didn't want to be a music agent. I didn't want to be a concert promoter. But look how the world works, and you know, look how serendipity works. Boom. You know, I got to where I wanted to be through promoting a concert in Hollywood. Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, obviously, <clears throat> you wanted to be an NBA agent for a while, but... Was that transition tough? What were like kind of the initial struggles that you faced? Okay, well, the first struggle was explaining to my parents that I'm, I'm trying to do this and I'd like to drop out of law school to do this. Wait, uh, so I'm sorry to interject, yeah. but don't, don't you need a law degree to become a law, an agent? You, you need to have a background in contract law. Background mm -hmm. in contract law? Right. So you don't necessarily need to graduate have, Yeah, from don't law need, school. no, exactly. Uh, and um, I obviously did that because I finished my first year in, in, of law school. I dropped out uh, midway through my second year. Uh, so... I was in uh, Michigan at Ann Arbor, which is a great law school, and um, I, tr I transferred there from a local school here for my second year. And then my friends like, I'm gonna become, I'm gonna become a singer. I need you, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, whoa, you know, I didn't need to like quit, you know, law school, but I was like, I, I guess I just realized I knew I want to be a lawyer only because I want to do this. I didn't want to, you know, be a personal injury lawyer. I don't, I don't be a corporate lawyer. I just, I went because the misconception was I had to be a lawyer. But then I realized, no, I didn't have to do that, and I could always finish it later. So. I dropped out of law school, I came home, and then three months later, I'm sitting at home, and then it's like 5 a.m., and I hear beep, 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 outside my window. What's that sound, 5 a.m.? What, what is that sound? Do you guys know what that is, Isaiah? Come on, take a guess. I'm going to you guys. Mail? No, not mail. Construction? Male. Construction, close. It's a truck in reverse. Oh, boom. And what's a truck doing in reverse at 5 a.m. in your driveway? Unloading Nike gear. Or <laughs> repoing your car. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. So when I moved when I moved back um, from you know I, I moved back from from law school and three months in I don't want my parents to help me, but I ain't got no money you know and uh, I I had a car and you know it was like three hundred dollar a month payment it was a Jeep Cherokee at that time I, I had a kind of down Escalade. No, yeah, that's what I got rid of after college. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a lease. Old move. Old move. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like I got law school and stuff like that. I'll go you know do, and then my car got repoed, and now I have to ask my parents for help. And they're gonna be like, "What? I told you so. You should stay in law school, and you got at least you would have some student loan money." Blah blah blah. And I told my mom that day. I said, "Hey, don't worry about me. I'll be okay." 
and not only will I be okay, next year you're going to be okay too. I'm going to hey. buy myself a car. I'm going to buy your ass a car. Love and that. and uh, we're like, what, 15 years in now? And my mom is on her fourth Mercedes that I bought her. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, least, I'm sorry, least. Least. But, uh, least. but, but again, that was, that was a promise that I fulfilled. And Isaiah, you know, Britton and um, Faison, it's something for you to guys to consider going forward. Sometimes you have to do things for yourself, but also sometimes you have to do things for people that believe in you. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't so worried about myself. I was like 22 years old, man. I knew what I was going to do, right? But my mom's like, oh, my God, you know, he's done with law school. There's no future. He's never going to go back. It's hard to get back on track. This is his future. She wasn't worried about supporting me. She was worried about me doing something that would have wanted me to have a life. Yeah, right? like fulfilling your potential. Enough. Exactly. And she thought I wasn't doing it, but she didn't understand, like, you know, like, Sometimes some people go like the straight edge route, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do this and do that and just protocol convention. But for me, it was like, I, I got to hustle and grind to do what I got to do. And uh, I just didn't want to be a, a lawyer. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what's up. That's yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> car re- when you get your car repoed, man, that's a wake-up call. You know, yeah. I hope you guys don't go through something like that. But if you do, uh, I think you can only only come out a a better and stronger man uh, from that. So that, that was I'm insane. I'm trying to stay away from leases, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this guy, Cash Money Britain, huh? Is that what we're going to call him? Okay. <laughs> Liquid, I see. We're a cash business over here. Right, right. <laughs> um, so can you just talk a, a little bit about how you found the agency that you wanted to work with and right. like the decision-making that went in with that? So I basically just started a calling agencies that I knew were a little bit smaller. One that I knew specialized in inter- international guys. This was an international guy. And I said, hey, I have a relationship with this guy and he's coming over. Have you heard of him? And he trusts me. And I didn't have my license initially to be an MBA agent. So that guy kind of took over that part. And, you know, we, we shared the, the commission. And then I just got, I immersed myself in it, you know, until I got, I got certified. And uh, what I did was I knew I couldn't do any of the basketball stuff because nobody's going to listen to some dude that's like, young and not knowing what he's doing, not even certified. So I said, well, how can I do cool things? So I said, hey, let me use the same paradigm, the same platform that I used for the guy that I did the concert with, mm-hmm. and let's use that for a camp. So I did a camp mm. for the dude. That's a great idea. All-Star Weekend is rookie year. So think about this. This dude is from, an over, from overseas, plays in Memphis, but comes to LA to chill with me for, you know, for All-Star break. So we got to do something in, in L.A., right, yeah. Yeah. where nobody knows him. Barely anybody knows him in Memphis or anywhere in the NBA. I use Facebook. I had 200 kids turn out, 45 bucks a kid, wow. sold, out, sold out, you know, camp. And part of it was it was so cheap. Parents saw it as a weekend of babysitting for $45, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And the night before, I went to take the guy out. I was like, look, we made money. This is all your money. Do you want to go out? He's like, yeah, let's go to a club. You know, he's you know, it's from Memphis, not much going on there. We go out to a club, and who do we see? The newest Lakers signee at the time, Ron Artest. Wow. And Ron's like, Ron vibes with him and stuff Meta. like that. Meta, yeah. And then, and then uh, Ron's hey, like. Don't call him Ron. No, no, right? No, he was, no, he was, uh, he was Ron still at that time. Yeah, he was still, And then uh, Ron's like, what are you guys, you know, what are you in town for? And he's like, he, Ron's from here. So uh, my client's like, yo, let's, uh, you know, I have a camp. Ron's like, you have a camp, you know, a camp with what? He's like, kids. And he's like, you want to come? And he's like, hell yeah, I want to fucking come. So I got, he got, I got his guy's number and I was like, look, I'll send you guys a car. I'll have him pick you up from the hotel, you know? I know you guys have been hungover, but the camp is 9 to 3. Mm-hmm. 1.30, I, you know, I call, I text the guy, you know, they come, run 1.30, they respond. They say, yo, where's the car? We're ready. We're at F, you know, Exit, at Grafton Hotel on Sunset. Mm-hmm. Send the car. And it wasn't, wasn't really Uber around at that time, so I, I found a car service. Yeah. Picked him up within 20 minutes. Half an hour before the camp closes, Ron Artest shows up. And the kids are like, whoa. 
you know, and that point, like Ron was at his peak. He was a Laker first year, yeah. you know, boom. And then, like when the kids saw that, and he saw that, and like, and the media was there covering it. They ran with it. The LA Daily News, LA Times, and the next year we did it. It was like pre-sold out because they thought, you know, wow, they got Ron Artest now. Next year, you know, somebody else is gonna come, and and I was able to leverage right mm-hmm. my 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 you know my contacts with Ron and and just kind of just doing good. I wasn't trying to make money off this camp, but. Again, you never know what, how doing something will lead to another. Just go out there and be active. You know, volunteer here, do this, do this one day. You know, seminar. Just, just be active because people always say, "Hey, I wish I won the lotto, right?" Mm-hmm. But like ninety percent of those people don't even buy lotto tickets, right? Sucks. Think yeah. about it. Think about it. How many people do, do you know that say, "I wish I was rich. I wish I won a million dollars." Like a million dollars, nothing these days. But those people aren't even buying lotto tickets. Like, how can yeah. you even be? How can you even have a chance to do something if you're not taking that first step? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Very true. Yeah. So yeah. Um, going off that too, you know, obviously you try and find players that you believe in. Right. And one, you know, you want to sign with them. So what are like some of the qualities that you look for? I mean, obviously you want them to be good at the sport. Right, right. But beyond that, what are some like characteristics? Look, that you I, look I look for high character guys. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to come from stable backgrounds, but they have to be high character. Like I recruit on two levels. I'll recruit guys out of college, mm-hmm. but I'm also look have an eye out for guys that I know are unhappy, right, mm-hmm. with their current representation. That's pretty pretty easy in my industry once you're in to kind of figure out who is and who's not. Like, And uh, I, I look for high character guys. I try not to go, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't go after guys whose families or themselves ask for money. It, it's it's commonplace in our industry, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's not, it shouldn't be shunned upon. It's sometimes it's a signing bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to, to get somebody, but, I feel like that is easy come, easy go. Yeah. You know, you give the guy money, easy comes to you. Guess what? The next guy that gives him more money is going to snatch him from you. And every single, every single time without variance where I've seen a rookie that I've recruited, you know, I, ha- I have access to the money. I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the guy get bought out, you know, whether their agent comes and says, hey, to the mom, you're going to be a manager and we're going to put you on payroll. That's just paying them off, you know, whatnot. Every single time within two years, I know I got a shot with that guy because he's an Eclipse agent. It's happening right now. I can't say the name, but you guys will know maybe hopefully here in a week. It's happening right now. This guy was a top 10 pick two oh, years yeah. ago. Stud. <laughs> you know, $100 million player. You know, realize that, that that's what happened. The parents, you know, they don't know any better. Hey, shit, if somebody's offering me half a million dollars for, you know, to represent my kid, they're not buying my kid. They're, they're, they're a legitimate agency. They're going to do their job, but they're also going to take care of me. But you have to realize you're getting what you sign up for. Yeah. Right, that dude's gonna pay you off. He ain't gonna do any work, nothing, you know. And so I think maybe that's a different approach that I take than some other guys. Uh, do you still live in LA, or? Yeah, so I, I moved out to Portland, Oregon, about a year ago. Okay. Um, my wife's from there. I, I have four kids. Like I'm on the road a lot. Uh, yeah, that's I, what I was about to ask yeah. you. Like, how's because he plays in New York, obviously. So right. How's so the... I got a guy in New York, guy in Philadelphia, guy in in, uh, in the Republic of Georgia. Guy in New Orleans, guy in... in um, Who's your guy in New Orleans, if you don't mind me asking? Frank Jackson. He's one of our guys. Frank Jackson, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My brother's... So uh, he reps Julio for. Oh, really? Yeah. What agency does your brother... Huh, what, what agency does your brother work for? He's not an agency manager. Oh, really? Okay. We, yeah, we he gotta, wants to be in sports. We got to talk. Now. We got to yeah. talk. Because <laughs> Julio just switched agencies, too. He went yeah. from, from BDA to somebody else. But, yeah, he's a stud. So, I mean, last year, my agency had three, cli- three clients on the Pelicans. It was DeMarcus Cousins, who just went down with an injury... Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank Jackson and Nico Murchik. So um, I'm traveling a lot, right? My, my wife was like, she's here with four kids, three of them are in school, but 
I don't have much family here. My dad, my mom, my sister, everyone else is like kind of scattered. Mm. But my sis, my wife has like huge family in Portland. Aunts, uncles, brothers within walking distance of us. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. so I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just gotta sacrifice sometimes uh, for your for your family mm. as, as if you want to do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, so I, we moved out there, sold our house here, and then we, we're you know we're basically on my base. My my offices are here, so I'm here a lot. My home is in Oregon, which is like it's cool. You know, we got a client there too, Yusuf Nurkic. So oh wow, uh, yeah. So it's good to that's be awesome. there, uh, but. Uh, you know, it's just it's just transition. I, I see it as temporary, but it's it's a cool spot. It's not too far from LA. And literally, like, I've since last night until tomorrow night, I'll have flown fourteen thousand miles. Like that's crazy. Sheesh, I came man. from New Orleans to Portland just to see my kids. I should just came here, but I went to see my kids just in the morning. I flew from New Orleans. I flew from North Carolina to New Orleans yesterday after a meeting. Stayed with Mitch, uh, and then on Saturday stayed with Mitch. Sunday morning spends time with Mitch. Flew to uh, back to Portland last night. No, it was Monday last night, and then got there at midnight. Saw my kids in the morning. I, w- I volunteered at their school, so I was like, "Look, I got three hours for my flight to LA. Let me go volunteer and see them." Right. So yeah. I got up, you know, barely any sleep, but volunteered and stuff like that. Flew out to here, doing this, speaking at U- USC tonight for the Sports Institute on a panel amongst guys like from the chart, like one of the heads of the Chargers, uh, one of the guys from the Kings, a Nike guy, and a Fox Sports guy, and then flying out tonight at 11 p.m. back to New York yeah. uh, for one day. I, I get there at 7 a.m. I go shower at Mitch's hotel. We go to uh, the principal for a day thing with Adam Silver. It's a big deal. You know, I got to do that. And then for two hours, and then I'm done at 1 p.m. I go to the airport, fly back. I'm back in Portland. You know, that's kind of like what you have to do. You know, you have to kind of be flexible. You kind of have to be on the move. Yeah. But shit, if you're doing what you love, like yeah, this is dope. this is like you guys, these guys are chilling. You know, Britain fucking wanted to be here. You know, nobody <laughs> forced him to be here. Right? Britain, I, I want to hear uh, what, what else we got. You got the... Uh, the Spanish uh, soccer fan <clears throat> or basketball fan, Britain. That's a great question. I could yeah. do like an Australian guy. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I could okay. talk like I'm from down under. Andrew Bogut. <laughs> right? Andrew Bogut, yeah. just signed with the Warriors. You know, <laughs> he's a great guy. Met him uh, about twice. <laughs> Last <Yeah>? year. <laughs> he's not too great of a surfer, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, he's a good guy, good guy, good okay. man. So th- that must get really hectic, though. I mean, um, how do you how do you just manage, you know, doing all of that? Well, like, shit, it's like it's only like five months out of the year, right? It's, true, it's yeah. like it's like October, maybe November through now, you mm-hmm. know, five six months, and then season winds down. You kind of like decompressing, and then kind of reaching out to like the college mm-hmm. kids and their parents, you know, and then you really get into like September, pretty much the last vacation that anybody in the sports industry and in the basketball agent industry. General managers, agents, anybody is like Labor Day. They know that after Labor Day, you're done Start, with your life. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then mm-hmm. right around like Halloween, Thanksgiving is like when you're not going to be home. Yeah. You know, like I see my kids like 10 days out of the month from like October to like March. But w- the 10 days that I'm there, I'm literally home. I wake up, cook them breakfast, take them to school, take them to baseball. So I'm there like I'm really there. You know, it's not about. Number of days is really about what you put into those days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm I'm there for my kids. Summertime I'm there, chilling, taking them to the pool at the gym, you know, and all that. So I'm there, but just it's a little bit of you know a trade off, you know, not being there consistently for like five six months. But sure. but it's so cool, right? My kids are old enough now, seven and eight, my older boys, where they're like they wanted a Mitchell Robinson jersey. Like that was like the cru- the coolest thing in my life because I was representing guys, you know, for ten years and they weren't old enough to understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now like they they like you know are you with Mitchell? You know are you with Josh? Are you with Uncle Josh? <laughs> are you with Cam? Are you with Frank? It's like that's like so cool to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know so uh, I guess I guess that kind of is a little bit extra motivation. How did you um like go about meet, meet meeting Mitchell and like 
uh, representing him. So Mitchell Robinson, the, actually, I don't know if you guys saw today, a New York Post article came out on me and Mitchell, which is like, it's just cool. And it kind of explains it where Mitchell Robinson didn't go to college. He had a kind of a handler advising him, which very bad advice. He skipped college mm-hmm. and he just sat out for a year. Yeah. And Mitchell Robinson should have been a top 10 pick in the NBA draft and he fell to number 36. Mm-hmm. And he went through three agents in six months. Jeez. You know, one, like somebody, like the, the handler hired, the parents were not down with, then Mitch hired, and then he wasn't, they weren't down with, and then the trainer forced him to sign with somebody for three weeks and they fired them. So the family said, you're going to be without an agent for eight months, detox. That's it. And I, heard, and I found out about it uh, through a media contact, you know, because I'm cool with the media, and then um, uh, interviewed, reached out to the family, and, and that was it. The rest is history. Okay, um, um, so can you just talk a little bit about like what Mitchell had to go through like early in his career to like actually get him to the spot where he's at now, like playing as like one of the best rookies in the NBA? I think Mitchell Robinson is a, a transcendent uh, defensive player, uh, and he's going to go down. I think as a top fifty guy. Uh, Mitchell Robinson is blocking three point shots like you don't even see people in rec ba- basketball blocking three point shots with his consistency. Right, he's doing it at the NBA level. Against guys like James Harden, he fucking blocks James. Who blocks James Harden's three point shot? You either fouling him or he makes it or he's like off, right? Yeah. So he uh, he's he always had this in him. He just had to catch up, you know, to the speed of the game. Um, and he's so talented, you know. I was talking to the New York Post guy, Mark Berman, and Mark was asking me, you know, what, what do you think Mitchell's ceiling is? And, and you know, I seen him shoot in practice, but he doesn't shoot in the games. And I was like. You guys know Anthony Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Typical, Chicago yeah. baby. Chicago, yeah, that's right. He's, he is from Chicago, and he is the um, he's like the epitome of what a stretch five in modern big man is in the NBA. Absolutely. Right. Mm. Now, um, how many jump shots would you would you guess Anthony Davis, who's a thirty five percent three point shooter? How many jump shots did he take his rookie year? His rookie year? Yeah. Oh, not many at all. Yeah. Not many, he right? really worked on his three point shot. Right, right. On. Five, five jump shots. His rookie year. So when you say, "Oh, Mitchell Robinson is, you know, hasn't shown anything yet," Anthony Anthony Davis is probably the best big man in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sh- I think that I think that analysts are pretty quick to judge a lot of young players, right? Um, and I think it's terrible for their morale, man. Like, yeah. I think it should be because they see that shit, right? Now they see that shit exactly. right there, Twitter. And exactly. five years ago, nobody saw that shit. If you, yeah. if you weren't watching TV at that time and you didn't catch, you know, the late night Sports Center at like 10, 11, 12, which you I used to do, yeah, you didn't see that. You didn't see that. Shit. Now it's right in your face. So what I do, I try to offset that, right? So I'm in there. I don't know if you see, you see my Twitter. I'm yeah, fucking, I'm, that's how I found you, man. Bro, yeah. I love that. Bro, You're my Twitter, like, I literally, like, all my guys, not just Mitch, but Mitch has been a little more active now. The other guys, they're overseas or injured, like Cam got injured or whatnot, but, and a Frank. You're still you the know. hype man, though. Yeah, yeah, you have to be, you, you know? keep that morale right up there, baby. Right, yeah, you have to, because if that guy, you're not making him feel good about himself, and all he hears is shit, you know, around him. Then you know, then he's in, you know, you're in trouble. It's gonna affect the way he plays. Exactly, too. and yeah. it does. And I put up a video of Mitch. Mitch wanted to go to a, I do him a surprise birthday party oh, two weeks yeah. ago, and the night of his birthday, after the party at 10:30 p.m., we're leaving the hotel to Sunday. He's, you know, at midnight, he turns 21. He turns 21. <laughs> he's gonna, younger than he's me. barely yeah. older than me. Yeah, but he <laughs> took every, took everybody. He took me, everybody to the practice gym for the Knicks, and he wants to play ball till midnight. Yeah. And I took a video and I put it up. I said, "Yo, look, on his birthday. Yeah, this isn't shit, like yeah. schemed." This yeah. isn't planned. This is this dude just doing what he wants to do, and that shit got one hundred thousand views so far from my it. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, right, right. And yeah. I was like, you know, I was like, whoa, like that's crazy. Like, and then I was trying to sign this guy, this other guy from college, and I'm not gonna say his name. Mm. And he has a mentor, and his mentor is like, 
yo, like, you know, we want to go with you and stuff like that, but you put this video up and he doesn't need a hype man. He needs an agent. I was like, bro, you don't tell me how to do my job. Fuck. You know, Dude, I, I can do that, but nobody else can do that. There's no eight. I'm verified on Twitter. How many people, you know, verify their agents on Twitter, right? Right? Yeah. I, 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 I'm getting 100,000 views on a video. I'll put up, I'll repost another video and I'll get 1,000 likes and like 600 retweets. Who's doing that for their clients? Nobody. No one, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so what, he, what he was telling me was other agents are telling him, that guy's a hype man. That's all he does. And I'm like, bro, I took over Mitch's representation in 20 days. I got him a Nike deal, a Mercedes deal, Mercedes and an RX deal. water deal, Sheesh. and a hotel deal. Nobody in the NBA has a Mercedes Benz deal. Nobody. I'm pretty sure he's also what the first rookie to do a signing at the NBA store. First rookie this season. Yeah. To and it's not it's 45 minutes and they're cashing you out five figures. Oh yeah. You know and and wow. the NBA store is like yo we're like we want this guy and this guy and I was like yo this guy is the only jersey that sells in the arena. If you don't believe me, call Madison Square Garden right now. Here's Zyra. She's the manager. Call her right now. Ask her which is the only jersey that sells. And they had no idea. They were in an NBA store, you know, a bunch of kids and what they're doing with one manager who's like 55 years old that's just crunching numbers. And then they called and they saw and then boom, he's got a gig like that. So I'm, I'm like, I'm out there hustling. I contacted 30 car dealerships and, co- and 10 companies before I got the Mercedes-Benz deal. Damn. And, you know, you would think... Got to play the numbers game. Yeah, numbers game. And you, th- you would think, oh, it's so impossible. I'm so far removed from Mercedes-Benz. How could I ever... No, man. It's it's it, people can reach out to anybody, you know. You can reach out to seventeen different people within twelve minutes of sending the same email and yeah. changing the name, right? And they have no idea who you are. They don't know if you're short, ugly, young, you know, unprofessional. They don't know anything. They just see what you have written there, and all it takes is for. And then they're and then they set me up. Mercedes set up me up with a ro- local dealership in New Jersey. And guess what the dealership said? We are we have a partnership with Aaron Boone, who is who? <laughs> the Yankees, yeah. The Yankees manager, right? Yeah. We have a partnership with Aaron Judge and 10 other Yankees players. But guess what? Nobody with a player on the Brooklyn Nets nor the New York Knicks, no agent has ever reached out to us. Wow. It's not our job to come to you guys. We're fucking selling cars here. Of course. You know? We're like, he, and then after I did that, I, I, I took a, first time I met him, took him an autographed jersey, two like sick bomber jackets from the, you know, from the Knicks, autographed ball. I just left it there. And I said, hey, man, I'm in the neighborhood. I just want to drop by and leave this. He's like, oh, you don't want to talk business? And I was like, no, no. So he's like, whoa, like this dude's gangster. Like he didn't, you know, because I was like, look, let that resonate, right? Let, let shit resonate. Don't fucking hound people. And then I was like, you want to come to a game? He's like, yeah. I set him up, you know, with, with the family room passes. The ex- and then not only did he set up Mitch with an $80,000 car for free, you know what he told me the last home game? Who's next? Like that, right? Uh-oh. Yeah, there's so there's so much possibility these days with the internet and, and, and email in it and reaching out and cold calling. You just you just don't know. You know, look, shit, I'm here because Faison reached out to me. You know, I mean, I'm nobody, but it's cool that I'm here. You know what I mean? Like for me, yeah, it's cool somebody. at least. Nah, for me, it's cool. You're, you know, you know, doing the damn right, right. Thing, but yeah, for me, and, and it come back like look, full circle, right? I was here like trying to be like, I don't know if you guys didn't hear earlier. You know, he's a scout for the women's basketball team. I try to do that. You're basically running with the team as a body, and I threw up within 12 minutes of doing it. So I realized, because I was like, I got to get into the men's team. They said you have to go to the women's team first. I was like, oh, fuck that. I can school those chicks. Twelve Within 12 minutes, I threw up. I literally vomited. <laughs> and this guy's doing it on a daily. Three years. Three, damn. Three years that, look, man, that's, that's yeah. respect, man. Well, you're skinnier than I was, too, so you're <laughs> in shape. But, but yeah. Um, but you know, th- th- this tells you like it, everything sometimes happens full circle. Um, wait, so right? I'm just curious. So obviously, like representing Mitchell is like its own thing because right. he's like up and coming. He's popular. Right, right. He's like the face of the Knicks. But how is it like? How do, what, what's different about like Frank Jackson? Because he's obviously like 
not he's not like the face of the Pelicans. Right, right. He's getting so, less minutes. I, you know, we, we have uh, four agents in our agency. I'm I'm not as hands on with Frank uh, as I am right. with Mitch. You know, we we all try to kind of balance it out. You don't want one guy on four people. You know. Yeah. So uh, my, my partners Nate and Jaron are on uh, Frank. You know, uh, and they're doing a good job. Um, and then you know, my involvement was with Joshua Smith, who was a high school McDonald's All American and a center at UCLA about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Transferred to uh, Georgetown, finished his career there. Was an NBA player, but uh, just had a, a weight problem. You know, he's six eleven, seven feet, but four hundred pounds. Mm. So that's tough. So you know, he lived with me for a little bit, lost some weight, but he's not making some good money in Japan. He's still young, twenty six. You know, still got time to get back in the NBA and. Yeah. And to tell you, like, the stuff that I do for my clients, November, last November, Josh calls me, the girlfriend that he had living with him there, who he has a baby with, he wants to propose, and he said, I need you to not only help me pick out the ring, I need you to be the one flying it out. And I was like, whoa, oh. like, you got a dad and two brothers, and then you're asking me, and he's like, he's like, bro, you're like the, per- you're like the brother I never had, you know? And, yeah. like, there's nobody else, like, I would, I would trust to do that. And he, like, even paid for my own flight. I would have paid for it myself. He paid for my own flight, paid for, you know, for everything, and had me out there, and then I, you know, there's a video on my Instagram and in my Twitter. You know, we'll link up on What's social media. I, yeah. I gotta see all this. Oh right, stuff. and yeah. then uh, you know, and that was it. And after the game, in front of eight thousand fans, and in Japan, they all stay after because mm-hmm. they do introductions, and and the players all line up and they talk to the fans. So it's cool. He proposed, and, and that went viral too. You know, that's awesome. And now I use that in my pitch. You know, when I when I do a presentation to like prospects, I have a you know iPad presentation. I'm like, look, I did that, dude. Like, show me another agent that does that. You know, I don't have like big bucks behind me. I have a pretty good sized agency, but I don't have the big bucks. I don't have huge names. You know, we have DeMarcus Cousins, not bad, and Frank Jackson and JJ Barea. And you know, my company's on John Wall, Dwight Howard, but you know, you know, we don't have like a big conglomerate like Wasserman or CAA. Yeah. So, what you got to really do is set yourself apart. And I realized like I beat out like every agency for Mitch. Like they were for eight months. I wasn't even there in New York. The other agencies had players there. So, all around him, you know, I beat out every single motherfucker. And that's all because I was hustling more than them. I went to Mitch with a Vans shoe deal, a water deal, and a Mercedes deal in hand. And I said to his family, you can sign with me if you want, but even if you don't want, here. I'm not even going to stop you. I'm not going to help you get those deals, but here it is. This is the Mm -hmm. contact. Try to close it yourselves. And I I hope you do. But that's how confident I am that I can do stuff for you. And this is just the beginning. Yeah, Mm. Brent knows. When you go like that, like, (laughs) and I had to do that, right? Because yeah. all the other guys are like promising stuff. And I'm just like, yo, like, if I just come promise stuff, I'm just a guy that's promising without major money or names behind me. So, mm. so yeah. So, going back a little bit, when mm. did you first like make contact with Mitch? And then how did you kind of go through that whole process? I, I was recruiting another player on the Knicks <laughs> who had an agent, uh, but was disgruntled. And he had a manager. Kind of like what Britton said, you know, his, his brother is, uh, jo- your brother is, jo- or your friend is? My brother is uh, Julio's manager. manager. Right. So he had a manager, and I got in touch with the manager and stuff like that, but the manager didn't have so much say in, in the in the situation yet. And this guy was disgruntled, and he was with the Knicks, and he's no longer with the Knicks, so he probably figure out maybe who that is. So uh, I realized, hey, this guy's a good guy to have around because he's around the Knicks, and he's talking to the media, and I can, you know, something good will come out of it. So it was a G League showcase, annual G League showcase in December. Because he's not a certified agent and just a manager, he couldn't get access to the uh, to that G League showcase. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, one of, two of my clients were playing there. I had a credential. I used my tickets to get him in. And he was like, whoa, because he was rejected. He went up there, they're like, you can't get in. It was closed to the public, only agents and family. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, that was like good faith. And then, you know, he's like, whoa, like, thanks so much. 
because he was just there scouting too. Like, and then the same weekend was in Vegas around Christmas was a basketball college basketball tournament, and he couldn't get a credential. And I called and I got him a credential. You know, they didn't care. It was kind of like low budget kind of tournament. So he was like, oh, so then he starts you know being around me, starts giving me. He's like, hey, maybe we can't close on this guy yet, but let me help you. I heard I heard this guy doesn't have an agent. Like that, like the next day. I found out that he had a mentor who's the district attorney, Mitchell. And I went and I found like online, I paid for one of those, you know, subscriptions where you find out who people are and what their email addresses are. And I sent out 10 emails and one of them responded and it was the guy. Wow. That's and, then, awesome. and then I met with them and I went to the table and that was it. What, what did we lose Fizon? For like 10 seconds. You just You see hot chicks and you just leave, huh? What's up with that? That's how it is over here. Yeah. That's how we keep it at UCLA Radio. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Um, yeah. Are you, do you play like a large role in selecting the managers for your for your athletes? So uh, most of the time, s- somebody comes into the situation already with a with a manager or like an assistant mm-hmm. or someone they trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually not try to try to advise. I don't try to advise my guys on financial guys or managers because they're never going to thank you if they make money or that manager does everything, but they're always going to you know, complain to you or hold it against you if they lose even a dollar through a yeah. financial guy, right? Yeah. So I, I just I just don't do that. There's no benefits, just burden, you know? Mm-hmm. But if they do ask for me, and if I know someone I trust that kind of wants to get into the business, I'll do that. Uh, yeah. Just for people on air, can you explain the difference between like an agent and a manager? Right, right, right. So again, uh, uh, just to recap, in case somebody's just tuning in, my name is Mayar Zokai. I'm a UCLA uh, alum and an NBA certified basketball agent. My job is to broker the basketball deal because I'm a certified agent. The manager for an athlete, whether football, basketball, baseball, is kind of the day-to-day stuff. Helps him pay his bills, flies his girlfriend out, make sure, you know, if, if he wants a gym membership or his car wants to get shipped, you know, for the season's over. Stuff like that. It's almost like having an assistant, right? Okay. But, but a lot more because it's someone you trust to do a lot of other things. Sometimes even communicate to the agent, right, what's going on, you know, if the guy doesn't articulate it himself. You know, if he's having some difficulties with girls or teammates or whatnot, I think a manager's job is, is a very important one. And um, I guess you could kind of say when I started, right, I wasn't certified. I was essentially a manager for that guy. I was running his camp and taking care of him and stuff like that. So uh, there's a, I've seen a lot of situations where managers have segued into becoming agents, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. So, sure. uh, and it's, and, and you think that's a, like a pretty smooth transition though, right? No, no, I mean, uh, because it's, it's a whole different world, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing, right? Except for the fact that when it comes to negotiations, it's like, that's, that's a whole, whole mm-hmm. different world. You know, that that's like when you need a little bit, you need someone behind you to kind of guide you. You have to get certified first and certification isn't an exam. You have to show proficiency in contract negotiations and mm-hmm. experience. And obviously not only did I, had I done music and concerts, to negotiating, I'm representing an artist already, you know, so yeah. it was a little bit different. But also, I, I had taken, you know, that first year of law school. But it's not even necessary consider, uh, required to do the first year of law school. Now it's you have to have a graduate degree, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's I think uh, that's all they really uh, require, you know. And yeah, you take to be the an exam. Agent today, yeah. all you need is a graduate, graduate degree. degree. That's it, a graduate so degree. So you can't do the one and done like you did. What do you mean? Anymore. Oh, to do um, like first year law school. Oh no 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 no. Um, Okay, so it's, it's look, everything is negotiable in life. Mm-hmm. Everything, right? Because Rich Paul, who's LeBron's agent, you know, does he have a law degree? No. no. Does he no, have a no. graduate degree? No. no. What else does he not have? 
He doesn't have a college degree. Yeah, he's not a yeah. college degree. Either. No, yeah. no. He has clout though. Right, right. <laughs> but but what do you think he said? He said, "Call call the NBA and said I, I want to be an agent. I'm not certified. Can you get me a waiver? What do I have to do to, to prove to you that I can do this? Because I've been handling LeBron, managing <laughs> him for years, right? Mm. I really don't think whether you have a LeBron or a LeJack, they're gonna say no. As yeah. long as you go through it, you pay that money, and you do whatever they need you to do, and pass that background check. Everything in life is negotiable. Remember that. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, even school. They tell you you have to drop the class on this date. How many times? How many guys have ever passed the deadline and then they got a waiver? Anybody here? I've done it before. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> but guess what? The guy that's scared is like, oh my god, it's black and white. I can't. No, man. Everything. Everything in life is negotiable. As long as you remember that, you'll marry well. You know, live well <laughs> and and, 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 and eat well. Get married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Wise words. Yeah. Thanks. Um, going back to Rich Paul for a second, I mean, we don't have to go specifically into the, the whole LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kurt right. Ruffle, but how do you kind of manage, um, you know, just keeping good relationships with certain teams? Because I know right. very easily things can sour and, right, right. you know, certain agents can be blackballed or whatnot. I would say never think you're bigger than the situation. Mm-hmm. And always remember, if you don't need someone today, you're going to need them tomorrow, however big or small their role, right? The guy that's maybe assistant general manager for the worst team in the NBA could end up being the general manager for the best team in the NBA tomorrow. The guy that's your competing agent, right? And uh, maybe you stole the guy from, and then and then you went a bad mouth and whatever, could end up could being be GM. GM, which yeah. is what? Well, who do we have? Who's Rob a, Palenka. Right, right. Who's, yeah. a private, well, who's even a closer example that hits home? That was an agent, and now is a general manager. That hits home right here. Bob Myers. Bob Myers. Yeah. UCLA walk-on, walk-on basketball player. Yep. 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 Sports agent for Wasserman Media. Yep. You know, whose name is plastered all over this campus. And then Anish. What's up, Anish? You know what? I walked in. You guys are legit. But you know who's got the radio voice in here? That dude got the radio. <laughs> am I right? Hey, am I right? Of course. That dude's got the radio voice. Yeah. Um, Britain's got the radio face. But, uh, yes, that... I do. <laughs> the radio voice. But yeah, you know, like, so... Uh, NPR. <laughs> <laughs> Not messing. Ladies, he's a good-looking dude. Um, but uh, I'm just messing with you. So um, that's why I realized I was like, look, like don't don't ever like every person, whoever, how unimportant to you or or whatnot, insignificant. You got really treat everybody the same. And I didn't. I learned that. I learned that lesson. Trust me. You know. And it's speaking to you from experience. But every single person, like you, come across in any capacity, the dude, you know, cleaning up this room or the person in charge for putting the cables in, treat everybody the same because you never know how life works out, right? Yeah. So, uh, and not only that, just you never know what people are going through, man. Don't think of, oh, how is this person going to benefit me? What if that person having a bad, bad day, day, they want to go kill themselves, and then, shit, you told them, hey, I really appreciate you doing this. You might have saved that person's life, yeah. right? People are crazy. People are volatile these days, man. They're depressed. They're looking at stuff online. They have no friends. They put up a post. Two people like it, right? So I, I think you, got, you really got to live with that mentality. We're so blessed. Look at us. We're, we're here sitting in Westwood, California, <laughs> And a radio station that the school pays for, right? Chilling here, talking hoops and, and life, right? And most of us probably don't have to worry about a bill uh, where we're strained and we have to work till midnight to pay, right? So I mean, that just tells you like we're we're the we're the top one percent, if you really think about it. So to take those blessings uh, in stride uh, and and capitalize on the opportunities you've given, not capitalize, but kind of pay it forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if you if you had like someone who wanted to become an agent and they were asking your advice, like what what would you say to them? 
Okay, so I had a uh, family friend, my dad's friend, said, I have this kid who, is gradu- who just graduated you know, from school, Cal State Northridge, and he's in law school. It's his first year, and he wants to be an agent down the road. Uh, I have two of these family friends. One of them, uh, he asked me first, and I'm very connected with Russell Westbrook, the guy said. So I got him an internship at Wasserman Sports Agency, right? Mm. And I was like, oh, so the one that you didn't like, you're passing on to me? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, right? I was like, okay, okay. And I was like, yeah, so I talked to the kid, you know, pretty sharp kid, first year in law school. And I said, what's your plan? He's like, I want to graduate law school and get my bar and start working. And then, you know, didn't take my agent exam. And I was like, oh, five years down the road, right, bro? Like, you really think you might even live that long? No. And this was like July. I was like, bro, we're going to study for the exam and you're going to take it in January. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, well, why would you put that off, right? And what are we in? In April? He's been a certified agent for two months like yeah. that. And then I, and then I called Bob, my, my dad's friend. I said, Bob, how's, you know, how's um, Nate? How's Nate doing? That was his other friend. Oh, he, he you know, got the internship. He's back at school trying to figure it out, you know? And I was, he's like, oh, yeah. I was like, he thanks for introducing me to Psalm. And, I, and he's like, oh, why? I was like, well, Sam is a certified agent now. I did, you know what I do? And Sam is actually working for me, you know? Wow. And let me tell you, I just helped this kid because I want to help somebody. But before I met Sam, my presentations were like 2012 on paper. Sam hmm. uh, did some media work in, at Cal State Northridge, and he knew how to trans, translate everything that I had in paper into an iPad presentation. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I didn't have that before. Yeah. You know, so and it's money. Like that presentation, I do it for my phone. I control it. They're watching the iPad. I got the videos and this and that. And I'm like, damn, that guy didn't think like really he could do anything for me. I just wanted to help him out. But boom. End up helping you out. End up yeah. helping out big time. Transformed like this kind of the vision of how we do things in the agency. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Crazy, right? I'm telling yeah, you, man. It's big time. <laughs> life, life is a is just a karmic experience, guys. I'm telling you, like I was, I wasn't always like this. Look, I'm not a hippie. Like I don't smoke drugs. I don't, I don't smoke weed. <laughs> I, I don't judge people that smoke that smoke weed. I, I'm down for it. Shit, the smartest people that I knew that are way smarter than me and make way more money than me all, you know, drink and smoke pot. So uh, I don't judge. I think everything with moderation. But uh, so I'm, I'm not a hippie here. But I'm, I'm just telling you, life is crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Life is crazy. You're gonna get one window, two windows, three windows in life. Capitalize, jump in. Be nice to people. Be kind. And you see, you see me on Twitter. I oh, put yeah. up shit, and that's because of what I'm thinking of the moment. You know, I'm like, own your fuck ups. You know, you fuck up and you screw people. Just own it. Come out there, try to fix stuff. Don't let it hold you back. Uh, be kind, but be kind to people. Because I wouldn't be like, I'm not anywhere yet. I still think mm. I, I still have a, a lot to do, uh, and you know, new heights to reach. But I really think you have to be kind to people around you. That's the just, reference definitely a top ten Twitter follow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're into basketball. Oh, thanks, man. Um, Appreciate it. Top ten, huh? I mean, Damn, Isaiah, hey, I, I, I got to get on that. Yeah, you know, what's I mean, up, right? Unfortunately, yeah. as a Knicks fan, there's not too many bright spots, but Mitch is one of them. <laughs> right, right. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is the future of the Knicks. They got oh, a couple yeah. pieces in there. I think that are solid. Kevin Knox. They're gonna be all right. Alonzo right. yeah, Trier. They right. got a draft pick. Right. The future of the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, where, where, like, who do, you, what, what stars do you think they're gonna land next season? Next uh, this off season. You know, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's in the air. Yeah, yeah. I got my ear to the ground, brother. Right. Well, I, I, I got my, I, I got, you know, my ears hearing words from the general managers. So mm-hmm. I got a little, you know, I got some pretty good insight. And I, I think, I think they're going to be, I, th- I think, yeah. They're going to be all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be able yeah, to pull it together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I might, from I what I hear, man, like, you know, I'm just like, oh, oh shit. Like, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to be at every fucking game next year, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, it's, you know, I used to believe, 
if shit was gonna happen, it wasn't gonna play it on the media. Mm-hmm. But now that's just how it works. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think you can see the there's precursors. There's too much exposure, man. Yeah. yeah. There are too many weak links. Right, right. The precursors and, nothing, and everything. The only way to keep a secret is to kill the other person you tell. Them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Nobody keeps secrets, man. So, exactly. Yeah, that being said, I mean, um, you must like have an idea of like certain organizations are more likely to leak info than others and whatnot. Um, are there ever like? Is there ever smoke without fire where teams will intentionally try and put out news that maybe they're not going, that isn't true? Shit. I mean, that's just life, right? Yeah. You want to. That's life, but like, especially yeah. like, I don't know, if I want to be specific, like the Lakers Pelican situation. Yeah. I mean, I think it's unrealistic that a, that a franchise like the Lakers would gut their entire team, basically. Right. Unless, unless, did. unless somebody on the Pelicans had a uh, agenda. Right, and was trying to sabotage I think that they, whole I mean, team. They succeeded. And, they and maybe he was a martyr, right? And maybe yeah. lost his job. And we do have somebody that did that, the GM, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he, he lost his job. Uh, um, Dale Demps lost his job kind of as a fallout from this. Mm-hmm. But I, I never want to tell anybody how to do their job. And I'm, I'm not going to use the Anthony Davis, Rich Paul thing as an example. But I'm like a doctor when it comes to my, my line of work. I'm gonna tell the guy what's what I think is would be great for us to happen, but I'm also gonna prepare the guy. The hey, if we take we take this approach, bro, and this doesn't work out the way we think it's gonna happen, like this might be what happens to you. Like people are gonna hate you and stuff like that. <laughs> At least they know both they sides. Know. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure Anthony Davis like was told know. part B. Yeah. Like yo, this is probably what's gonna happen because we got LeBron and I'm powerful and we're gonna get you there. Mm-hmm. But there might be a situation where everybody hates you in your town and you might not even play a game and you might be stuck here till the end of the, the, end of the year. Contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then like what now it's like already happening, right? Yeah. I'm not sure they really thought it was even to get this far. You know. So never. I, mean, I think he's gone this off season. Yeah. Yeah. AD. I mean, right. Right. And I think that's gonna be good for for Ja and uh, and Frank. But but how also. bad how bad for his image, right? Oh, people think he's an terrible. asshole. People I think, think he's an asshole. He's the nicest yeah, guy. Nice because guy, Rich yeah. Paul was the one who's you know spouting off and not saying like oh requesting a trade and whatnot and like doing that so publicly and yeah yeah. I mean, the prime example though is I mean in my opinion is Kevin Durant. He goes from being one of the most likable players in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. If he goes to the Knicks, he will be my favorite. He'll be my second favorite player. Sorry, almost. Ca- <laughs> who's, who's number one? Uh, Mitch. Come oh, on. okay, okay. All right, right, right. All right. I thought you meant I think in the league Come or something. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah. Right, right, right. Dude, I'm a New York boy f- through right. and through. Oh, I seen your timeline, you know. I was, I was looking for your stuff, and I was like, oh, this guy, this guy's legit. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, look, um, I think that they, they got a shot, right, at, at being really good next year. Uh, um, is there is there like a guy that you thought you had in the bag that who got away? Shit, I, you know what? I'll, I'll start up and say it. There was a guy last year in the draft. Uh, he was drafted. Um, Zaire Smith. Mm. You guys know Zaire Smith? Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah uh, Zaire yeah. Smith. Man, I saw Zaire play in November of his freshman year at Texas Tech. I think it was a two-star recruit, three-star yeah. recruit. He was three. He yeah. was super athletic. Right, though. right. And he came super. off the bench, right? And I was like, oh, my God. This guy, this guy's a fucking bro. And I was like, tell my wife. I was like, I'm going to fly out tomorrow and meet his dad. And I, his dad responded to me on Twitter, and I literally fought the next day and met him. And then uh, – and then he was started starting, and then he like, and I told his family, I was like, "Yo, your kid's like a top twenty pick this year," and you know, he's they have they're not they don't have a five star kid. Yeah, they don't know how this works. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "No, your kid's in the league this year." I'm telling you, he's top twenty, and this is before anybody knew who he was. I'm telling no one. I was in there early, and then, you know, it fell, it fell apart, and that that was like one that broke my heart because I was in there so early, and my wife saw how committed I was, you know. And then, um, and I, and then I just lost it. Like I lost momentum, and I had a couple other guys I was recruiting. I was like, literally, I was like depressed. 
because mm-hmm. I, I worked on that guy and it was a freak thing that caused him to go with somebody else you know uh, I don't want to say too much about that because yeah. I don't, I don't want to disparage like the, the decision that was made by one of the parents yeah. that caused one parent to just take over everything and say look this is it when rushing to decision what, whatever and I knew that Sire was going to sign with another agent before one of his parents knew because the person the parent that made the decision told me first mm-hmm. you know so that's how close I was with them but it was just something sometimes you got to make a decision and 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 that's what happens you know circumstances but man and but then i i still think look how look how look, look what happened from that draft zaire smith was picked number 16 and didn't even play barely i think i have the best player from the draft mm-hmm. you know and that's mitchell robinson yeah you know yeah. and mitchell robinson will be eligible to sign an extension before every single first round pick in that in that in that uh in that draft draft because he's a second year pick non guaranteed yeah, yeah yeah so that's crazy right you know so if i say Who's going to be the first player to $100 million from the uh, 2018 NBA draft? It's probably going to be a second-round pick, just the way the contracts work. Mm-hmm. And which second-round pick looks like a $100 million player? Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, yeah. You know? Really nobody else. But, but I mean, that's like, Mitchell Robinson is going to be an all-rookie guy this year. Mm-hmm. You know, at least second team. Yeah. You know, sure. that's that's top 10. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, his come-up's crazy. Um, on the subject of, you know, Mitch and his play, um, Obviously, halfway through the year, there was a big Porzingis trade. Definitely shook things up. But I think a very underrated aspect of that is uh, DeAndre Jordan coming in. Right. Uh, so what's his impact with Mitch been like from your eyes? So we used to represent DeAndre Jordan very close with him. And then mm-hmm. we had a falling out after the last contract that we did when he was supposed to go to Dallas. And he reneged on his word. Uh, so pretty good relationship with him still, though. You know, uh, you just have to maintain that kind of relationship with guys, even if you don't work with them. Because it's, it's all like a small fraternity. Um, I think a little bit of it was overblown. I don't think DeAndre, I mean, really, DeAndre Jordan is going to teach Mitch offense. Mitch is a better offensive player than DeAndre Jordan right now, well, has ever been, right? DeAndre Jordan, like, just started maybe shooting hook shots like two, three years ago. What's right? he putting up, like, uh, like 15 and. DeAndre? 15, DeAndre Jordan is, like, putting up, like, 15 and 10 or something. This like year was, like, a little 12. bit lower, right? This, yeah, yeah, he got shut down. I yeah, mean, he got shut down. This, yeah. yeah, this yeah. season was a. Yeah. But he's, like, a, a, right, he's a good about 15, 10 guy, but, you know, a system player, I think, a little bit. Anybody mm. working with Chris Paul is going to look like an all-star as a big, course, right? Of course. I mean, look at Clint Capella. Yeah. yeah Chris yeah. Paul came in and he got a, like an $80 million deal, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who Clint think, Capella was. I think was. Capella is still being a little greedy. Right, right. No, 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 no. Look, get your I think money. It's a situation, man. Right, right. But he took advantage of Chris Paul being there in his contract year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the smart thing to do, though. You right. got to get paid while you can. Yeah. God forbid you get injured. Absolutely. Or you know, who says no to more money? The narrative, though, is that DeAndre Jordan, the veteran, came in and did that. And it's like, you know, um, if you, you were here and then somebody came in, you know, uh, Faison mm-hmm. and, and said, we're, I'm going to run this and I've been doing this for years, you know, and all of a sudden uh, your station starts making money or something, you know. But maybe that had more to do with you that you had something lined up that made, you know, the station money. I think it was just coincidence that Mitch took off. Look, mm-hmm. the same time DeAndre Jordan got traded there was about the same time that I started taking over. I took a representation of Mitch. Mm-hmm. So who's to say it wasn't me getting all these deals? That boosted his confidence. Mitch told me I had a Vans deal and a Nike deal on the table. And I said, which one do you want? And he wears Vans every day. And he said, bro, I wanted to be a Nike guy since I was like five years old. You know? Yeah. And then when I did that, and he said, I have a shoe deal where I get free shoes. I get free gear. I get paid. And they're going to outfit my high school team with jerseys. Mm. Like, he couldn't believe it. Like, they want me? I mean, he was sitting there three months in his rookie season with no shoe deal. And I was like, yeah, I got you. I did. You know, I got you, man. I'll make this happen. And. And then I saw his confidence, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit of a swag, you know, a little swagger. And, and uh, I think that had a lot to do with it too. Obviously, having a veteran like DeAndre Jordan 
was great, yeah. you know? It was great. I'm not going to discount that, but I also don't want to say, I don't want to say that it was so significant as it was. Yeah. The narrative, though, it seemed like in the media, that's what it was. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we're approaching six o'clock, so any last comments? So, are we, are we trying to go hour two now? Is that what's going on? No, just kidding. No. <laughs> no, this is where uh, I propose that you sign me. Oh, I gotcha. <laughs> First, uh, I, I don't do Irish a lacrosse. Australia. I don't do lacrosse, and you look like you're dressed for lacrosse, Terry Burton. So. Beast at lacrosse, too. <laughs> I'm a jack of all trades, my friend. Do you really play lacrosse? I, I really yeah. did play I'm, lacrosse. I know, Back I can in, tell. My, my career's over. Right, right. Injury took me out of the game. Oh, no, man, no. Yeah. Like coaching sniper. coaching representation? Sniper, though. Oh, really? I actually already have representation. <laughs> Ma- Maverick Artist Adrian, Ted Mayer, I love yeah. you. Right. Oh, that's cool. Do you have a song you might want to hear on the way out? <laughs> yeah, you know, nonstop. You got that little Drake nonstop? Come on, Let's man. See if they have that on here. No way, impossible. They don't. No, no. <laughs> Fix something. You know, now you know kind of what a little. How about a little bit of Nipsey, huh? Oh, yeah. They, they right? don't have right. Nipsey on here. They, right. have, oh, they only have Grinding FGT. Grinding on my life. Grinding uh, on my life. No Nipsey. How about then? How about you know J Cole? They got some. They got oh, some J Cole. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, free news. Um, but while you're here, middle you child, maybe give us a last plug and all your socials. So yeah, at, keep, at yeah, Twitter, you know, I'm verified. I might follow you back unless <laughs> you're wearing a pink hat. And it's at a oh, uh, <laughs> at Zokai World, Z O K A E I World. If you just search my name on social media, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I'm a pretty good follow. Play um, one more time. Yeah, at Z- Mayar Zokai. Just put it on social on uh, on Google. And uh, M-A-Y-A-R-Z-O-K. Just put Mayar Agent, actually. I'm, I'm pretty much the only one that comes up. My Instagram's there with pics of my kids and stuff like that. My Twitter is just, it's wild, man. My Twitter's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. You're a savage on Twitter. Literally, I got pictures of the guys, like, exclusive. They're, you know, them doing the, their hazing the last day of the season. Mm-hmm. They all got, like, pop a foam falls in their car. I'm yeah. the only one with the video of that. You uh, you know, you know, so he's like, about to have exclusive. a really good-looking guy wearing a pink hat on his Instagram. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, guys. So this is DJ Stakes. This was the breakthrough show. I want to thank Mr. Zokai for coming through. Ooh, Mr. His Zokai, knowledge. hey, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> call me his... mayor. Just call me mayor. Yeah. Uh, mayor yeah. for coming yeah. through and just uh, lending his knowledge on uh, the sports agent side. I want to thank Faison for bringing him through. Um, same time next week, Tuesday, five o'clock, breakthrough show. We Yo, leave I, wanna, you. I want to do something in the future. I'm actually good friends with uh, Drizzy Drake and his father. Uh, and then, uh, oh, word? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to bring Dennis on the show, his father. Oh, word? That's cool. You guys down with that? Down, oh, okay, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I've been texting him a little bit, and I was like, he lives close by. He just moved to L.A. from Memphis. That, that Memphis Let's connection. Go. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to come back, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Uh-oh. out here, and we're going to bring Dennis, Dennis on, Dennis Graham on the show. I think that's going to be a sick interview, and I have, I have them that. plug that shit on his Instagram and his Twitter, and I promise, I'm going to make that happen. Okay, that's a promise. I brought Dennis to like three UCLA basketball games the past couple of years. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Yo. Yeah. All right, so we'll see you next week.